Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Hey friends, Walt and I are so excited for our time with you today because we are beginning a new series entitled Journey Through Psalms. Each week, we will dig deeper into a specific psalm and discover some life-changing principles for us to apply to our everyday lives. But this week, we want to, as it were, set the table and present an overview and background for the book of Psalms. How often have you sat down and thumbed to the middle of your Bible and looked for some verses that would bring comfort, refreshment, hope, or strength to your soul? Or have you looked for verses that would lead you in praise and worship to the Lord Almighty? The book of Psalms offers much insight, wisdom, praise in the midst of pain, and it also leads our hearts in worship to the Lord. Honestly, it is the book we most often turn to in our Bibles, and for good reason. The verses and chapters in Psalms meet the pressing needs in our lives each day. And Brenda, you know this. I I have a small Bible that I've carried with me over the years, 35 at least, when I visit people in the hospital or in their homes. And it contains the New Testament and the Psalms. And reading verses from the Psalms allows me to connect with people when they're hurting, when they're filled with sorrow or, or even fear. At these times, they need to understand that we care and we have concern for their emotional plight. And the book of Psalms ministers deeply to our human hearts. The literal meaning of Psalms is praises, or in the Hebrew, book of praises. And almost every single Psalm contains some note of praise to God. When you look at the beginning of the different chapters, notice the musical notations. These psalms were written to be sung to musical accompaniment. And the enduring work of these many songwriters continues today to challenge lives and encourage us in our worship of the Lord. We, The well-known Bible teacher Chuck Swindoll shares this about the psalms. He said, The psalms illuminate the greatness of our God. The psalms affirm the faithfulness to us in times of trouble. And the Psalms remind us of the absolute centrality of his word. I just love that powerful quote from Dr. Swindoll. And thank you for sharing that with us today as we see and unpack what the Psalm is. It is a full book in and of itself planted in the middle, as it were, of our Bible with 150 chapters, and they are all different. It is a book of variety and broad experience. And we can gain understanding of this, especially when we consider the list of authors who wrote the Psalms for this important and vital handbook for Christians and Jewish people as well. King David is attributed with as many as 75 of the total um, psalms. His name is written as an ascription over 73 of the psalms, but then in the New Testament, 
reference is given back to and credit, as it were, that King David wrote two additional psalms, and there are possibly many others because there's over 50 psalms that are anonymous. I also like the idea, um, the presentation you'll see in the inscription Asaph and the sons of Korah. These were members of the Levitical families. They were singers in the tabernacle and temple. The sons of Korah led in temple worship, and this family group also wrote about 23 psalms. King Solomon, the man of great wisdom, wrote two psalms. And then as we try to date the book of Psalms, it's important for us to note that Moses wrote Psalm 90. You know, while you have uh, preached uh, some sermons in the past on Psalm 90, it's such a rich psalm that we realize Moses wrote in the wilderness back in 1440 or so BC, he wrote this psalm that is contained for our enrichment, our encouragement as we walk with the Lord. But it it's, um, spans, that psalm spans a thousand year period, um, going all the way forward to Ezra, which would have been about the fourth century BC after the Babylonian captivity. Yes, you know, the psalms reveal many different kinds of life experiences because there are many authors. There are many different parts of life that were going on over that 1,000 year period. And it is heartfelt and it is a personal book. And just as there are many authors coming from different time periods, there's also many categories of the psalm. Um, This is an aspect that makes the psalms wonderful for the reader. In many ways, they address our struggles and lead us in praise, lead us in the worship of the Lord, and they remind us that God is the sovereign ruler over all. And there are seven main categories that are commonly referenced. The first is wisdom psalms, and these teach lessons. They give wise advice. They instruct us how to live a godly life, and next week we'll look at a wisdom psalm. There are royal psalms about kingship and how kings should help and lead their people to be closer to God and more obedient to him. And they ultimately point to the coming King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There are lament psalms about a painful experience or event, a crisis, deep grief, despair. And they're intended to move a believer from hurt to joy and confidence in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then there are precatory psalms. These invoke God's wrath and judgment upon the psalmist's enemies and the enemies of the Lord. They're thanksgiving psalms. They draw attention to the greatness of God for his abundant blessing. And pilgrim psalms, these are sung as pilgrims made their way up to Jerusalem. Um, Sometimes these are called the psalms of ascent. As you ascend to, as you go from the lower elevations up to Jerusalem in preparation to praise God. And that's the last category, praise psalms. And hymns, they're written to celebrate God and the nature of God and his attributes. And and they reference music, singing, rejoicing. These are the main seven categories of the Psalms. 
Thanks for that overview, Walt. Uh, I know even as you reviewed that, I could just think of some of my favorite songs within those categories. And I am so excited for us to dig into, and we will actually look at and consider psalms from each of these seven categories over the coming weeks. Thank you. Well, you know, I if you remember when I shared the dating, I said a thousand year period that the Psalms were written from Moses to Ezra. Well, Ezra had another really important part with the book of Psalms. Ezra and some other Jewish leaders compiled the Psalms into their existing order uh, during his lifetime in the fourth century BC. And Interestingly, the Psalms was one of the most popular writings found among the Dead Sea Scrolls down at Qumran. We've been there. We've been there. (laughs) With 30 scrolls of all or parts of the book included. Overall, Psalms is the book in the Old Testament with the most Hebrew manuscripts available for research, which indicates to us today years later, many years later, indicates an enduring popularity among both Jews and Christians. In fact, the earliest copy of Psalms is from the Dead Sea Scrolls dated about the first century BC. And that particular copy shows a division of the Psalms, 150 Psalms, into five books. And it can get really detailed. Yes. So <laughs> so on this podcast, we don't want to go into all that detail. But um, as they were put in categories, it's interesting. And I, I just want to mention the themes of each of these books. So book one is Psalms 1 to 41. And the theme is humanity, looking at the human plight. And book two is Psalm 42 to chapter 72. And the theme in these chapters centers around deliverance, deliverance from trouble, from discouragement, from counting my tears. Book three, we see Psalm 73 to chapter 89. And these are some of my favorites because they take us to the sanctuary. They take us to the liturgical psalms that were used in the temple, in the synagogues, to lead people in their time of worship. Book four includes Psalm 90 to 106, and it's the wanderings, the experiences of man. And this is where we find Moses' psalm in Psalm 90, a man very familiar with wandering. Yeah, And then book five, Psalm 107 to 150, and the theme in this is the Word of God. When you open up your Bible and you look at Psalm 119, there are 174 references in that chapter alone to Scripture, to God's written Word. And each of these books ends with a doxology, but book five chapter 150, we call it the grand doxology. And you know, we're going to look more closely at Psalm 150 later in this series. 
One unique characteristic of the psalm is the form of Hebrew poetry. Not to get too deep here, but Hebrew poet is a pictorial language. The words are graphic and, and visit, vivid. Um, the verbs portray action. They provide room for the reader's imagination. And there's an intense emotional quality, well fitted to, to displaying this religious passion. These writings came from the heart of the psalmist, and Hebrew poetry em employs two main distinctive characteristics. The first is this harmonious repetition, which we call rhythm. Um, the voice can express animated spirit, calm assurance, excitement, lamentation, or other emotional qualities. There's a rhythm to this. And the second characteristic of Hebrew poetry is called parallelism. Um, the, the poet states an idea, then he reinforces it by reputation, uh, repetition, or he, or he uses variation, he uses contrast, he heightens this imagery. Um, this poetic parallelism presents artistic beauty, and it, it increases the impact of a statement through thoughtful focus. And then lastly, it makes it easier to memorize. Um, when we are in Israel, um, we'll often go to the Western Wall. They sometimes call it also the Wailing Wall. And for centuries, that's the closest Jews could get to the Temple Mount. And they go there to pray. But one of the things, they also go there and they recite and they sing psalms. And you remember, Brandon, we'll see them mm -hmm. bobbing up and down that rhythm. And, mm -hmm. and, and as they do that, and as they set it to music, they memorize these psalms. And many Hebrew men uh, memorize all the psalms. And I will say that over on the women's side at the Western Wall, we watch women the same and they'll have their psalm books, but there are other women sitting there and they have committed many, many chapters from the Psalms to memory. And I love this idea that the poetic form of Hebrew brings that rhythm and allows them to memorize God's word. How powerful. Well, as you can tell, this wonderful book found in the center of our Bibles is a very complex piece of literature. Through the centuries, it's ministered to the hearts and minds of people who are dealing with very real everyday struggles, trials, and even suffering. However, as we journey through Psalms, we will note the common theme of worship found in this book. God is worthy of all praise because of who he is, what he's done, and what he will do. His goodness extends through all time and eternity, and the Psalms draw our hearts, our minds, and souls closer to the Lord. Psalm 150 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And as we conclude our time together today, we've chosen several verses from the book of Psalms. Um, we would like you to just listen to these words from the book of, of praises and think about the, how they would apply to your own life. In Psalm 5-3, in the morning, Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will present my prayer to you and wait expectantly. Psalm 58, 17, you are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. In Psalm 4, verse 1, the psalmist calls out, Answer me when I call, God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me 
and hear my prayer. And then Psalm 127:2, God provides for those he loves even while they are sleeping. Mm, what a great promise. Yeah. Psalm 80, 19, restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Psalm 55, 17, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. And Psalm 4610 is a, is a good one for us to end on because it reminds us, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the whole earth. And as we often try to do, we've, we've talked kind of to the head and, and just even this overview, but now we want to also connect with the heart. And, and these verses and what we're going to be studying over the next number of weeks um, are, are truths we can apply to our hearts. And, and one of the, the truths is that God hears our prayers. doesn't matter if it's in the morning, noon, in the evening. God even hears us as we prepare to sleep. Secondly, God is a strength and a fortress. We can rely on him and we'll even have opportunities to talk about this fortress that is our God and the righteous run in and they're not afraid. And then God is righteous and gracious. Um, He sees our distress and he cares about our distress. Mm. And I'm also reminded of these truths. He provides for us even when we sleep. He gives to his beloved when they sleep. I can lay down and be at peace. And finally, he is Lord God Almighty. He will be exalted among the nations and in the whole earth. Well, friends, we look forward to our next visit together when we will open our Bibles and look more closely at Psalm 1. Until next time, we pray you will continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. 